If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Blimey. I've, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at these uh, the, the box office numbers that these films have made. Oh, man. Did you know that Postal made... All right, let's make this fun. How much money do you think Postal made at the movie? Oh, jeez. What do you think was the worldwide box office on that? Uh, I'm, I'm uh, A crappy box office would be like $5 million, right? Yeah. So I'm going to say $5 million. That's a crappy box office. Uh, it's less than $5 million. Mm, dang. Uh, $2 million. It's less than $2 million. Oh, no. Uwe Boll, you have failed so many times. Double Dragon made around $2 million. Oh, did it? Yeah. Well, then there you go. <laughs> Postal made a grand total of $146,741 in the worldwide box office. Oh, Jesus. With a Metacritic score of 22 out of 100. What? This, this is the real tough thing because Uwe Boll is generally a terrible filmmaker, but he's found his little niche where he's able to buy up these movie rights and make these movies. It's, it's really tough. It's really tough when you have him on your side for, for video game movies. Yeah. I don't think he does that anymore, though. I think owners of video game properties eventually got wise to that whole scam. Oh, good. That's that's terrific. This This topic was easy and difficult for me to talk about because, you know, like, can they be good is, is very easy. Of course they could be given the right circumstances, but none well, really yes. have been. No, no. Evidence really is against you on this one. <laughs> and I, I do believe it's because video games are inherently more than a movie because they're interactive. To adapt it into a, a traditional sort of medium is to remove things from it, and that's why... Well, they certainly won't appeal to the original people who liked the game. Whether they appeal to general audience is probably another matter. I guess I, I have to disagree with you. And oh. and here's my evidence. And actually, I'm just thinking about this now and upset that I didn't bring it up during the debate. For Yeah, it's a bit late now, man. Yeah, well, that's fine. That's what, you know, this is extra content, right? This is extra content. We have an example already of narratives being based off of video games that work fantastically, the Team Fortress 2 character shorts. Oh, yes. Those, of course, are short films. Yes. Short videos that serve to... I would say they sort of count as marketing for the video game. They sort of count more as trailers. Right? They're trailers. They're, they're, they were historically used to kind of uh, promote the updates that were happening within Team Fortress 2. They, they did give us, though character backstories character traits things that didn't necessarily matter in game but that elevated parts of the game i remember i remember like the medic video that little sequence when the medic first uses his uber charge it was awesome yeah. and i felt awesome watching that it. that was pretty cool here's my devastating point though the videos you're talking about are not adaptations of team fortress 2 they are part of the larger team fortress 2 entity they are part of the canon i mean they're created with the same graphical assets for fuck's sake 
Well, and maybe that's a lesson learned there. And, you know, perhaps some movies, uh, I'm looking at you, Mario movie, currently in pre-production. Well, what we're talking about is machinima at this point. Hmm. Like movies, short movies created with the assets of the video game. And you know what? There have been plenty of fantastic machinima. I don't think anyone would argue that they are they serve as better or as a replacement of the original game, though. But that's not... I, I don't think that's the point of an adaptation in general. Like, an adaptation isn't looking to replace or even support. It's just the same thing in a different medium, right? Well, what is the point, then? If not, like... <laughs> it's to make money. <laughs> that's the only exactly, it's, exactly. It's supposed to be an update, <laughs> a, a bringing of the subject to a wider audience. It will bring, all, bring in all the moolah right and it just doesn't work although let's be charitable and i'm going to arrange this rotten tomatoes metacritic list in order of the highest oh i think it's actually made money and done all right i've looked this up before and um i i want to say like near the top is the angry birds movie yeah that's in the special like separate table for the animated ones yes there's one table for live action films okay blimey there's a lot of unreleased ones Untitled Borderlands <laughs> film, untitled Crossfire film, untitled Devil May Cry film, untitled Five Nights at Freddy's film. Oh, Lord. Wasn't that the Banana Splits movie? <laughs> I think that's how it, the Banana Splits movie, that's where it started its life, but then they couldn't get the rights or lost the rights. Right. Mm. And there's a separate table for Hollywood animated and another one for Japanese animated. Oh, Lord. Because as you imagine, there's quite a few animes based on things. Most of them Pokemon looking at it. <laughs> right. And... And I think when we're talking about this, we are talking about live action. At least in my head, we were talking about live action movies based yeah. off of video games. Yeah, so you brought up the Angry Birds movie, mm -hmm. which is basically just a visual style mapped onto a standard sort of family-friendly Pixar-style CG movie. Exactly, I mean, there and it's not there like... There wasn't much original story to adapt. <laughs> well, the birds, they were, they were angry. Yeah, I remember the, that. <laughs> there were birds. If we want to look at what... Uh, the best reviewed live action video game movies right at the top of the list is detective pikachu at 69 percent oh okay all right i'd believe that which wasn't adapted from any specific game though well detective pikachu yeah well it's based on detective pikachu fair enough <laughs> but the story in the film sorry actually i haven't seen the film or played the game oh. but i don't think the plot of the film is based on the plot of the game is it? It's Tell not. Me. It's not one to one, but it is. It's close-ish. I feel like the film was going for a sort of ironic vibe, with these like super realistic-looking Pokemon. Oh, and suddenly I, in this weird sort of gritty atmosphere. Uh, I I didn't I didn't feel that. I I thought the Pokemon looked fantastic. I I really enjoyed the visual style of it all. Uh, I thought the movie itself was garbage, specifically the right. ending of the movie uh the for, spoiler alert for detective pikachu uh everything that went wrong happened because of mewtwo and then mewtwo comes in at the end and saves the day and the heroes do nothing to either create the problem or solve the problem oh okay so it's, yeah, that does sound pretty lame it's super lame but the pokemon themselves look fantastic that sounds like something you'd write if you were writing fan fiction and mewtwo was your self-insert character Yes. <laughs> Mewtwo's the coolest, and he comes in and uses his Mewtwo magic to save everybody, and everyone loves Mewtwo. Yeah. All right, going down to the next thing on the list that got 64%, mm -hmm. it's another recent one, and it's another live action with CG animals in it, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. 
<laughs> that was an interesting noise you just made. <laughs> Shall we analyze that noise you just made? <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog is a bad movie. Sonic the Hedgehog is a very is is not a good movie even by standards of children's movies. Sonic the Hedgehog is not a good movie. All right then. Again, this is one I haven't seen. <laughs> That's okay. Cuz why the fuck would I want to watch that? Oh right. Like for for me it was part morbid curiosity and part I have children. So I was like, "Yeah, we'll watch it." And they got a kick out of it. They thought it was really funny. I'm still faintly embarrassed that I watched Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons back in the day. <laughs> as a child or as like a young adult? As a child. Oh, but well. you know. Yeah. When you're a kid, you don't have any taste. It's fine. What was your take on that whole business with uh, where they they essentially patched the movie to change the CG Sonic that everyone thought looked hideous to look slightly nicer? Right. There, There's many, many sides to that. One is... Uh, the original Sonic looked super gross. Well, yes, I think we can all agree on that. Right. I mean, you got to you got to wonder. I mean, these films have legions of visual effects people working on them. Right. You got to wonder how that design got through the whole process of having a trailer with no one pointing out this shit looks whack. <laughs> oh no, I I bet people pointed it out. But the you know the fun thing, the the wonderful and terrible thing about making a movie or making a video game, I suppose, for that matter, when you have such a large team, not everyone gets input. A decision is made and people have to follow that decision. It's it's almost like the army, you know? And so the decision was made, the original design was made by a producer or the director or, you know, the visual uh, supervisor. And mm. once that decision is made, people can question, people can talk, but if they're not high up enough, they are not paid to question. They are paid to make the thing like they, like it was designed. And that's how movies are made is someone has to make a decision at some point. And so they wanted it to be like, quote unquote, realistic hedgehog looking, right? Uh, oh, it was a terrible decision. It was a yeah. terrible, terrible decision. I'm just picturing some cigar smoking executive. And a whole bunch of people just saying yes to whatever they say. My, you know, it's it's the it's the problem with the Nolanization of movies, where Christopher Nolan decided to make his Batman movie very realistic, and it made a lot, a lot of money. What is it with these like live action CG adaptations of beloved cartoon characters and turning them into their nice, from their nice, exaggerated, clean-looking, cartoonish, pleasing look? Mm-hmm. So then, feeling like they need to add realistic hair so you can see every single strand. So they look like they're wrapped in bathroom rugs or something. <laughs> well, right. And, you know, like, well, like I said, uh, the, the Nolan movies, the Nolan Batman movies made so much money that it it is still influencing movies today where you say, oh, no, we want real looking. But but it works in like Pokemon Detective Pikachu. I thought those Pokemon looked fantastic, but they were slightly exaggerated. They were Pokemon, right? Have you seen that picture online of uh, someone photoshopped a picture of Mario with like realistic skin yes. and realistic eyes? That's what it reminds me of. Yes, horrifying. Yeah. Monster. Mario is a monster. But but so uh, back to Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Like Yeah. The the so the the one side is he's he was ugly. The other side is under no circumstances should a movie change their direction based off of audience feedback that early on yeah i think when that happens that feels like absolutely no one has any artistic stake in the film (laughs) exactly it's like no one no one actually gives a shit this is nobody's baby 
It's like, you don't like this? Fine. Change it. Boom. Fine. Bam. We don't care. We don't care. Nobody cares. Yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. we don't care if, if we change it. Will you guys buy tickets? We don't care. Nothing matters. Um, you know, the other side of it is no matter what Sonic looked like, the movie itself is is terrible. It's It's overly simplistic. It's confusing in most parts. Uh, Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik is is inexplicably like a caricature of a human yeah. right from the get-go. Like, he doesn't ramp up his crazy. That's just Jim Carrey in a nutshell, isn't it? A caricature <laughs> of a human. Well, I, he's, I think he can be good. He needs a director who can control him or a role where the role depends on him going completely mad. Like, like the mask. Like the, but remember the mask. He started off as a normal human, and he ramped up as the movie went on. And yeah, that's what I was expecting in this realistic universe. I was expecting Doctor Robotnik to start off as kind of an eccentric scientist and get crazier and crazier as as he became more obsessed with Sonic. That would make sense. Yeah, that's an arc. Yes, but no, he he starts and ends the film as an absolute cracker barrel lunatic. Okay. So th- that's one side. So then the so no matter what Sonic looks like, the Sonic movie is terrible. <laughs> okay. Then. Is I guess what a is to to get through this whole controversy thing and then the other part of it is forcing those poor animators to redo everything. And uh I want to say that that a uh, visual effects studio got shut down soon afterwards. Hmm. Um, because people don't respect visual artists. Do we want to say that film was bad because it was based on a video game property, though? I don't think you can. I think that's what you're saying. It was, it was bad because it was badly written and with hmm. bad visual design and bad etc. Exactly. But it's not inherently because it was based on a video game property. No, no, and I, you know what? I think you made a really good point. I for, I forget now, um, just because I have a terrible memory. Uh, whether it was during the actual show or here during the podcast, which is I truly think you are correct in saying that people in Hollywood do not care about video games and so they don't give it the effort. Yeah, yeah. Although looking at this list, all the ones that have the highest scores Mm. tend to be recent films. So perhaps you were right when you were saying that things may change as a new generation (laughs) of filmmakers who do actually appreciate these properties, start adapting them. Yeah. It's like right at the top, Detective Pikachu, Sonic the Hedgehog, 2019, 2020. Uh-huh. Just under that, Rampage, 2018. Y- yep, Rampage is a fine movie. B- b- you know why? Because they distilled they distilled the game into like the basic thing, which is like you, you only play Rampage to see monsters destroying buildings. How do we get there, right? Yeah. Again, that's not a not much of a plot heavy concept. Well, I, I I feel like this can be done, and I, you know, this is something that I I generally rage about when it comes to video games and movie adaptations. Which is, you can boil down any video game to a simple concept and fit it into a movie, right? Yeah, because you're just talking about taking the the uh, the spectacle element, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then then the movie can do whatever it wants. Exactly. There, There is no reason that we have two Doom movies, neither of which are any good. Well, the first one was trying to do what you're talking about. They did that. They had that whole FPS section where they tried to recreate <laughs> the spectacle of watching someone play Doom. Right. And, you know, it might have been a better film overall if it had just been a let's play of Doom. They just had <laughs> Carl Urban playing Doom 3 and like commentating throughout. Actually, yes, I, I absolutely would watch that. 
But but that's them not understanding the spectacle. That's them like that's the facade of the spectacle, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, oh, we'll give them the, a first person shooter because the game's a first person shooter. That that's what they want. Yeah. I think any movie that any Doom movie that removes all reference to hell definitely doesn't understand Doom. Yes. Well, and you know, not just hell. Just give us an action movie where people shoot demons. That's it. Like it's it's just an action game. You don't need to overcomplicate it. But the, the experience of playing the action game is, of course, something that a film is never really going to be able to create. They can only create the surface spectacle. You can only create the spectacle of watching someone else play the video game rather than playing it yourself. Sure, sure. So that's the that's the inherent limitation for me. The, and that is, I, I suppose that is a, a limitation. But again, that's just the cost of adaptation. I th- I think you can still do a lot with that. And uh, and more importantly, I think games have a lot to offer narratively that could be adapted. I would argue that they're better off just doing it within the sphere of video games. Mm. That adaptation is what you do to like place a property into a higher status position. And a video game reduced to a film with the removal interactivity is the reduction of status. <laughs> and that is true. Because video games are a, a hotter commodity now, so you you are you are correct in saying that it's them. Uh, video games now outsell movies a hundred to one. Uh, so it is it is a, a almost a like reaching down like fine. I guess we can make a movie out of our very profitable video game. Yeah, yeah. The video <laughs> games are on top now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just me because, as you know, I'm not a film guy, but I I personally think video games are a much stronger storytelling medium than films. Uh, I think. I mean, you might not come with me on this one. They, I, I'm a both. I'm a bother. I, I love movies and I love video games. And right. I think they, they're both in their own corner and they can both do an amazing job. And usually my problem is when games try to be a little too much like movies and when movies try to be a little too much like games. <laughs> I think they need to stay in their corner. Quite. As I say, different languages of storytelling. Exactly. But like taking taking something, I know there there's a movie or, you know, it was coming out soon. Who knows when it's coming out now as we are recording this during the 2020 pandemic. But there's this, there's a movie uh, called Green Knight. Yeah. And theoretically, it's supposed to be very aesthetically similar to the world of Dark Souls. Yeah. And I, th- I think we talked. Did we talk about this somewhere? We, I think we talked about this on stream. Right, right. On a on a post ZP stream somewhere, and really, you know, as as we've discussed many many times about Dark Souls, is you know, at, at the end of the day, Dark Soul is just about the inevitability of death. Yeah, it's it's. I guess it's more of an atmosphere than a, a specific plot to adapt. Well, and and I think you can you can take that atmosphere and the the story elements that we glean from gameplay and adapt that to cinematography and to a character arc and to the world and still get a fantastic story about the inevitability of death with the same wonderful aesthetic and and that's what filmmakers need to focus on is the the theme the feeling the idea not so much the specific call out you know you don't necessarily need solier in a dark souls movie (laughs) well i would argue that part of the way dark souls creates that wonderful sense of the inevitability of death is making it inevitable that the player dies a lot (laughs) that's you know that's that's really true (laughs) that's that's literally it that's part of the atmosphere the Mm -hmm. uh the hopelessness the Mm -hmm. high difficulty yeah 
when you watch a film, you you know at the back of your mind the hero's going to win. You don't really have that playing Dark Souls. You might give up. <laughs> well, uh, you know, going off of this train for a little bit, for for example, if I was going to pitch a Dark Souls-esque movie, one, you have to give it to the right filmmaker, obviously. Well, then, yes. Who would, who would, who would be your dream director? Um, you know, I'd give it to, oh, I'm going to forget his name. Uh, one, one easy one is Darren Aronofsky, because uh, I feel like Aronofsky... Hmm. Uh, works with surrealist elements really well. And he's already made a movie about the inevitability of death. It's called The Wrestler, and it's fantastic. Okay. I, I don't know if you've ever seen The Wrestler. No, I, I haven't. I'm just, uh, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't really think of it in Dark Souls next to each other. Well, The, the Wrestler is basically... A, the, the the story of someone who used to be a professional wrestler and now is old and beaten down and doesn't know anything else but this like wandering lifestyle of being someone who physically abuses themselves. And right. and so it's just a little character study in this man who doesn't know anything else and is going to end up killing himself. And it's it's that like theming and it's that tone. So Aronofsky is is really great uh the other is uh robert eggers i have never heard that name robert eggers uh is the person who directed the witch aka the vovich you know Uh, somehow i guessed that (laughs) when i think dark souls adaptations i had a feeling like the witch was gonna come up and uh he also did the lighthouse which you know is just a story about uh you know isolation and so like he can handle aesthetics really well and and more importantly he can handle like theming what would you think of Guillermo del Toro? Guillermo, I... I feel like if you offered, he might be up for it. He was up for that Death Stranding business. He he was, and he is a fantastic visionary. I would love him producing. I'd love him maybe in charge of visual effects. Mm. I feel like as a director, he oh this is gonna be this is gonna be a rough one. All my film nerd people is uh, they're gonna they're gonna start ravaging. I feel like he has missed with me more than he's hit. That's fair enough. I've been watching uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, that's beautiful. And I got to the end of Pan's Labyrinth and thought that was a really good film, really well made, and mm. I'm enlightened for having seen it. I am never going to watch it again. <laughs> No, and Pan's Labyrinth is great, uh, but I feel like I feel like his Hellboy movies are lacking. I personally did not like the 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 fish fucking movie. Uh, I know so many people did, but The Shape of Water. We should say its name. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, the movie is called The Lady Who Wants to Fuck a Fish. More, of, yeah, <laughs> more of a M Night Shyamalan vehicle, really. So. So you get the right director in in your Dark Souls movie, and yeah. and what if instead of instead of the character dying so much, you you lean into the fact that the people whom you defeat, your enemies, keep respawning, and you make it a slow psychological horror where someone has to, you know, even set in an old medieval time where someone is battling their way through something. And every time they turn around, all the people who they've defeated keep coming back to life. Not a zombie thing, but, yeah. you know, mystical. I feel like it would work if you created a sense of, like, just an enormous, what an enormous slog this whole journey is for the guy. 
And yes. Then, like he's just fighting a succession of Pyrrhic victories, and by the end of it, he's like a shadow of his former self. Exactly. And I feel like for it to really evoke Dark Souls for me, it would have to have very well choreographed sword fighting. Ooh, yeah. And, and this is all possible. And like, I, like we were saying, all it takes is someone who respects the the source material someone who really respected a video game source material would agree with me and not adapt it at all <laughs> you know you say that until you get uh until you get a uh, a feige who has made some fantastic comic book adaptations can i go down this list some more oh jesus christ yes i i really hope you do because uh because just under rampage we've got tomb raider that's the new one the the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raiders are like a scroll down. Oh, and that's so funny because I actually enjoyed the Angelina Jolie ones better than the new one. I have seen the Angelina Jolie ones. I couldn't bring much of it back to memory, but I have seen them. I remember <laughs> yeah, she fights a big robot at the start, but it turns out the big robot's her friend. Yeah. And uh, Chris Barry from Red Dwarf is in it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> now, in the new one... The new one is is generally bad. The the Laura Laura Croft as a character is she's almost nothing. She's every she's a little bit of everything as a character and nothing. The movie starts off with her uh like MMA practice fighting and she fails and then she's a bike messenger and she ends up like getting run over by a car and Well, you know, that all sounds like something the the Tomb Raider remake needed i felt because they were shaping this whole thing as how lara croft was hardened into the super adventurer she became but she Mm. starts that game with like super gymnastic super archery skills yes like she kills a dude and has a bit of a wibbly and um then just you know she's cleaning enemies out of her ears for the next six hours (laughs) right oh and by the way the exact same thing happens in the movie oh okay they make they make a quite a big deal. Um, uh, another problem with the movie is how it tonally jumps uh, right after uh, she falls from a giant uh, waterfall and uh, rescues herself by finding a parachute on her way down oh. in a very cartoony sequence. Wait, she finds a parachute on the way down. Well, it's, a, it's slightly more complicated, but uh, yes, she she falls off of a waterfall, lands on an old airplane that was stuck in the middle of the waterfall, finds a parachute in that old, old airplane, continues to fall down the waterfall, uses the parachute, but then lands on a big stick that she has to torture porn gruesomely, remove from her body. But then a bad guy comes up and she has to make the tough decision to kill the bad guy. I feel like that torture porn impaled on a stick thing happens in all the remake tomb raider games Ugh, i i hate it i hate the the tonal whiplash i think i agree with the people who say lara croft was a better and perhaps you know more aspirational character in the originals because all this survival she does in the new ones a lot of it seems to be pure luck like as you say <laughs> luckily finding a parachute in the plane she happens to be falling past and then getting impaled in a non-lethal way every single time right no and there's nothing wrong with having someone who is already battle-worn and frankly confident in their own abilities like the angelina jolie laura yeah. croft or like the original laura croft in the original tomb raiders yeah angelina jolie and by extension Lara Croft, as she was originally depicted, as someone who was just, you know, she just had it together. Right. This is what she did. 
Uh, who? And there was a little, there was a little darkness to her because you know she murdered people without a second thought, and her house was full of stolen treasure. <laughs> but you, you, you know, you could respect her. Exactly. <laughs> but you could respect absolutely, absolutely. Do you want to know what the oldest film in the top ten live action video game? Oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, in the top ten. Yeah, I'll give you a clue. The earliest film in the top ten is from 1995. Is it Mortal Kombat? It is Mortal Kombat. Shit, yeah! Mortal Kombat! <laughs> Which is a film I've seen. And, yeah, I guess it's it's a harmless enough film. Mm-hmm. It's likeable, even. I like, um... What's his name? Highlander. Uh, Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert. I like mm. his performance in that film as, as uh, a very Western-looking Japanese god. <laughs> yes. I feel like Mortal Kombat, even though it's it is you know ridiculously low budget, it didn't have the budget it needed. Hmm. Um, well, they just made it into a into a chop socky kung fu film, and that's all it kind of needed to be. A hundred percent. Like it, it's it's a, a video game about a fighting tournament. That's the movie. Is yeah. there's a fighting tournament and people fight. <laughs> well, that was the case. The new Mortal Kombat games, they always have to have these really weird plots. <laughs> like what? I I don't know if I've played any of the new ones. Well. I have a sort of a soft spot for the new Nether Realm fighters, your injustices and your new Mortal Kombat's, because mm. they have these like prolonged story modes and they're always really fucking stupid. <laughs> so they got the tone of Saturday morning cartoons and they're just a way to string together a lot of very contrived mm. one-on-one punch-ups mm. in one of the five or six environments that they modeled. And I feel like these stories worked a lot better when it was just, it is a fighting tournament. Yes. It is a fighting tournament. That's why everyone's fighting. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their own like reason for fighting. Everyone's got their own backstory. Yeah. And if they win the fighting tournament, then at the end we find out what their ending was and how they <laughs> moved on from winning the fighting tournament. This has been, for, for anyone who is a fan of, you know, old kung fu movies, that is the literal premise for 90% of them. <laughs> There is I a think fighting games fighting games like that I've I've come to appreciate as a sort of alternative means of telling a story through a surface level characterization alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cuz these characters have to be depicted like everything you know about these characters is what's on screen. You see mm-hmm. them, the way they move, the way they look, and they're like little barks of taunts they do at the start of each round. That's all you have and they have to build this character using just that. I think that's a that's an interesting way of of bringing across a video game story. Absolutely, I think there's a lot of fighting games where it works pretty well with just with that. Well, and I, I feel like stuff like that, stuff like video games turned into movies, is is a whole lot of people one who maybe don't understand, uh, and two is people who feel the need to overcomplicate something that can be simple. Yeah. Yeah, it can That's be it. simple. Just keep it simple. <laughs> I mean, a fighting game is basically a character. Uh, uh, it's a story where any character in it could be the protagonist. Yes. That's how they're made, and it works pretty well for them. But when you adapt one, you have to pick one to be the protagonist. Right. And and then you know what? Then you can make another one where a different character is the protagonist. You could make a series of them. Hey. <laughs> yes, you could even make a film specifically about Chun Li, for example. Oh. Which is where is that oh. on this list? <laughs> oh no, don't do it. Might not, might not even be on this list. <laughs> Street, Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. 
It's got 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. oh lovely. Oh, how lovely. Yeah. yeah. Are you uh, curious yeah. to know what video game movie has made the most money? Uh, what live action video game movie has made the most money? Yeah. Oh. At least in terms of worldwide box office income. Ooh, let me let me try to guess here. I'll tell you this: it's not Detective Pikachu. That's in number two. Right, and I, I think I knew that. Is it Warcraft? It is Warcraft. Yes, because as we all know, China likes that sort of thing, and that's where movie markets are now. I guess that uh, great. That's great, and you know, I I've never played World of Warcraft, and so I haven't seen the movie because I feel like I can't compare the two. <laughs> It's hard to imagine how you could adapt World of Warcraft into a movie plot. I mean, you could probably adapt Warcraft into a movie plot, but World of Warcraft, it has that MMO thing where it's designed to specifically remain in one single frozen moment of time. <laughs> That's right. That's in right. fact, this was the basis of my first novel. It was about people inside a MMO becoming self-aware and realising that their world has been frozen into a single never-ending state <laughs> of adventure. Well... And to me, the adaptation of something like World of Warcraft is so simple because all it is is Lord of the Rings-esque fantasy. Yeah, with, uh, I think they try to be a little more complex about the orcs, that the orcs are morally complicated. Sure, no, and that's, I think that's great, but like literally for the, the bare bones plot, you can take any single quest from a World of Warcraft game. That's your, that's your bare bones plot. You plug in your characters. Oh, the orc. Might be a good guy. Quickly, we must go and kill ten animals that are minding their own business in that plane over there. <laughs> okay, okay. Will okay. we succeed? Will we succeed? <laughs> Tune in to find out if we succeed. <laughs> Maybe not any quests. Okay, that's fair. You got me there. <laughs> All right. One of the bigger story quests. Or you turn it into a, into a series, Amazon Original, and literally the first episode is them doing that. That would, everyone would get a kick out of that. Kill 10 rats. Is like, oh, not the first episode, like the first 10 minutes when we're introduced to to one of the characters, they are handing 10 rats to a, right. to a village housewife. <laughs> it's not really selling the game though, is it? <laughs> the first thing your character does is goes, Jesus Christ, this is a slog. <laughs> How many more rats do I need to kill? Oh. Uh. Is there anything more that needs to be said on the subject of video game movies? I feel like we've we've been off a lot. I I, I do. I, I guess I want to end optimistically as someone who lives in both worlds, who lives in both movie and video game worlds. Is I I think we will see a day when we get our MCU, when we get our video games being represented in a way that we all agree is fantastic. I guess. All we need is an Iron Man. We need the one film that everyone likes mm-hmm. that can set it all off. Exactly. We, we need an Iron Man. We need a Kevin Feige. I will need to be convinced. <laughs> I remain convinced that an adaptation of a video game into a film is an inherent lessening of the property. Did you know Yak? They made a live action movie based on Yakuza. Japanese only, of course. Oh. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Also, how funny that that our actual opinions were very well represented in our satirical debate. Well, there you go. Ah, there you go. Perhaps it could work when we actually believe the things we say. <laughs> well, we'll see what reaction to this episode is. But until then, remember that uh, this lighthearted, 
real discussion about video games being turned into movies was based off of our show Slightly Civil War, which you can go see at escapismagazine.com. You sure can. Yeah, we're going to go now and um, get on with the day. Uh, bye. Bye. Bye.